0: Well, thanks. Uh, I, I told Angela on the drive here that I'm always nervous at the antics that Pastor Tim might pull off, um, to which one just happened before your very eyes. <laughs> um, although, I actually love it. I've got like this, you know, I'm always interested in personalities and, and the differences that we have, and mostly probably because I'm just trying to figure out my own. Um, and But I, I tend to, to recognize about myself that... Um, On a positive that can also be a negative, I'm extremely serious almost all of the time. But yet within me, I have a real significant sense of humor and enjoy tons of humor. Um, I just can't seem to squeeze it in enough because I'm too serious. Uh, and so, uh, Tim is one of those that makes me have to enjoy my sense of humor, um, and because I really do enjoy humor, and I enjoy Tim's. I told him the other day on the phone when we talked, he needs to create a sitcom. Does anybody else think he should create a sitcom? Because I don't know about, I'm thinking like Seinfeld level, like there's something in play there that... That could really happen. So good to see you, Carrie. Uh, Good to be with Tim and Carrie. And uh, really, uh, with all of you here in the family, I can start naming names, but I'll forget a couple, and then you'll be mad at me. And that'll be the end of the day, so never mind that. But good to see uh, those that have become friends over the last few years. And we don't get to hang out in person all the time, but we do get to connect on Facebook, thank God. Isn't that a cool deal? Uh, And keep up. And so if we're not friends on Facebook, uh, get over there and friend request me, and um, I'll probably hit yes. I don't know, I'm almost at the 5,000 mark, so you're going to have to really squeeze it in if you want in, because I'm, I'm getting ultra-selective at this point. <laughs> Only the best of the best get in my friend requests. Well, oh, that rhymed. Dude, you hear that? Yeah, dropped it. I need to drop that. Okay, see, Tim, you got me all messed up. I'm up here doing humor now, and it won't... Cherry Coke Zero—that's the deal. If you missed Sunday the Sunday School time, you guys really missed it. Like we did q and A. Q&A. Like Tim's an ultra interviewer. Have you guys figured that out? Like his wittiness and his questions, and he's such a thinker, right? And so, man, he's putting some stuff out there. But he thought he had to start trying to figure out what pop I like to drink. They, soda. So I was about to say, is it pop here or is it soda? Pop, pop means you're from the North Union. Well, where I'm from, as a little can be a little more country. It could be soda pop. Okay, all right. Well, I lived in Denver for a while and it was soda, and they don't have anything to do with calling up pop over there. They're like, what are you talking about? But anyway, so whatever it is, the carbonated beverage of my choice. Uh, anyway, so Cherry Coke Zero. It's in. It's in. It used to just be Cherry Coke or Dr. Pepper. But I try to keep my weight down, and so I pick the other poison occasionally and drink the artificial chemicals. Which is on a rarity. That's the whole point. i got to keep the sugar out and the chemicals out. So nonetheless, at least the chemicals don't create weight. And that's maybe more my focus at the moment. All right, what do I do now? I'm entirely messed up. And uh, Q&A for, oh, I was saying about the Q&A for for, uh, the Sunday school time. If you guys, I think they may have hit record on the record button back there. But if you can get a copy of that audio, I think... Uh, Yeah, I think the Facebook Live crashed, but uh, if you can get a chance to get the audio, it was an extremely good conversation. It was a lot of fun talking about atonement and other hot topics uh, of theology, so enjoy that. I appreciate it, because you guys may or may not know this. You may or may not realize um, the awesomeness that you have here at Gateway you may not fully really recognize the capacity of an atmosphere that's willing to ask questions, that's willing to dialogue, that's willing to stretch in thoughts and understanding, that's willing to say, "Yeah, it was this. This was kind of what we thought before, but this is what we're able to think now." Uh, you guys, if you don't give, um, uh, if you don't have much recognition of that, I want to encourage you to. And if you don't have a regular place of appreciation and gratitude for that. I want to encourage you to do that because believe me that 's not what 's going on everywhere or even uh, very many other places uh, because a lot of things are pretty locked in right because uh, we tend to do that as humans we set ourselves and then we just kind of stop but the, the but the um, uh, the re- there, it's always the revelation of growth and maturity when we're leaving things and going into new things. That's the process of growth, right? You're you're letting go of and or and reaching towards and and moving in that and moving forward. So the more you're able to recognize that there is still a culture and a nature within this community that keeps saying, you know what, we're, we we love and appreciate the things that God is here, but we also know that we're not going to be able to hold everything that God is here while we go there. Does that make some sense? Uh, And so uh, allow that to be a part of your gratitude and your appreciation for this community, because as someone who gets to stop in every now and again um, can recognize sometimes, you ever notice that when you're watching or you're living with your kids, you don't see their growth? as easily as someone who might not see them for six months or a year, and they're like, holy cow, the kid's huge. And you're thinking to yourself, well, it didn't seem that, because you're in it all the time, right? You're right up close to it, uh, and you d- you're not recognizing it as much. So when I get to be someone who gets to come from the outside, if you will, uh, and jump in here with you guys, I perhaps have the opportunity to see, wow. Holy smokes, this has got some amazing dynamics and amazing things happening here that sometimes when we're in it, we just become accustomed to it. And therefore, a lot of times miss the appreciation of it. Does that make some sense? Uh, And so really let your heart just be really encouraged about what God's done in this community and what God's doing in this fellowship and what God has in his heart moving forward. Does that make some sense? Uh, and so just know, you guys got some awesome things happening here. Tim and Carrie are amazing people. And let me just say, this music this morning was killer. Are you writing those songs? I've never heard any of those. It's not Well, I heard Jesus, the, what a wonderful name it is. I mean, who hasn't heard Hill song right? But uh, Although they're in hot water now. But uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, but that was I don't know what to, was all good. I, and, and let me give some, I don't know whoever's doing the sound mix, man, I was killer on the sound quality. I was like, listen, I'm, I'm kind of production oriented sometimes more than, I, I, I listen, I, like, I leaned over to Angela and I was like, can you believe the mix on his voice? Like, I was just like, it just sounded, sound, really, listen, I don't mean to get like way about it, but. I get real picky about things, uh, and, and, sound, and sound I get real picky about. So it was really good, extremely good. I mean, the songs were great, but I just, a lot of times maybe we don't emphasize, um, you know, our tech guys, but I'm telling you right now, I can't feel any anointing if that sounds bad. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Jesus is not in the room if that mix isn't right, but Jesus was all up in here today because that mix was getting it done. Somebody, whoop, whoop. We all fell. So thanks to the guys in the back getting it done, the engineering, however that's happening. But seriously, it was really good. Like, I'm in a lot of places, and I don't always like the music, but I like the music today. All right? good stuff. Oh, I need to tell you, I don't think I've been here since my newest book uh, uh, is out, Hope Equals Bold. You need a copy of this. I've got a few uh, on the table back there with me. You can get it uh, on Amazon or you can get it on my website, ericreader.life. If you do Amazon Prime, it can be to your house in two days or anybody else's house that you want to send it to, uh, which would be amazing. Uh, But the reality is it's less, uh, less costly to get it with me in person because Amazon puts a markup on it so you can get it uh, at a better price uh, here with me. But Hope Equals Bold is an extremely... How can I say this? Uh, it's an extremely deconstructing and reconstructing all within. Look, it's not even that thick. Come on, guys, look at this deal. Listen, I, don't, I mean, Harold Everly writes 900 pages. It's not getting it done for me. I'm right here at 100, all right? Because I don't know about you, but I struggle with reading. And so if I can't get to it and get to it quick, I'm, I usually start missing out because I'm kind of a bottom line kind of guy. Anybody else? I'm just, just give me the point. I don't have all the time in the world to hear all your stories from back in Grandma and Aunt Sister's cousin over. Over there, the that listen. That's great, people. I mean, that's. I mean, stories sell. But listen, here's the deal. I just got to get you the understanding that what we mostly live from, or what we call hope, is not hope. And so, I want to help reshape your understanding and your thinking around what biblical hope actually is, because it's actually one of the things that we have forever. For you'll have this forever: faith, hope, and love. So it's one of the three eternals. But unfortunately, most of us in this room and most people everywhere, when you say the word hope, you're not actually meaning hope. You're actually meaning a wish. And a wish isn't eternal and a wish isn't empowering. And a wish is about what you don't have. Hope is the reality of what you have. So can you understand the difference? So you have the opportunity to either live from what you don't have hope, or you live from a wish in what you don't have, and it actually never moves in any power. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians three twelve, "For we have this hope, so we're very bold." In other words, in other words, hope is to be moving you in something, and if it's not, then you're not in hope. If there's not a force that's propelling you forward, a force that's moving you into what you don't have yet, something that's taking you beyond your barriers, something that's breaking that which has been holding you back, if there's not something thrusting you forward and propelling you, you're not in hope. You're just living in a wish. Because right. I wish I could play the piano. Seriously. Like, I, 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 I am like, I, I wish I could play the piano. See how serious I got about that? Did you feel the intensity level of how much I want to play the piano? Because it's legit. Like, I really want to play the piano. I've never done one thing ever to put my fingers on a keyboard to ever learn the piano. See, but I got you guys, see, but listen, I got you guys convinced that I want to. But I obviously don't. Or I would have went and found some way to do it. It's all right. So, put that in application for you. How much do you sit around and say you want and you wish? And you never do it. You, you never have done anything. You, I wish we had more money. No, you don't. You don't do anything to go create more money. Whole snap. It just got real. I wish I felt better. No, you don't. You don't do anything to cause your body to feel better. Can we, talk, can we be real? I mean, that's, that's just the way I talk to myself. It's re- the reality is, is you only are living in a wish, and a wish never empowers you for anything. Amen. Hope is the power to move you into something because it's the, re- it's the unconditional assurance. Father's goodness prevails, so why would you not go for it? Goodness is going to prevail regardless of the results. Yes. All right, let me get back over here. So Hope Equals Bold, I wrote in a 10-day format that gives you kind of bite-sized pieces uh, on, a, uh, on a little dose at a time to help move your mind out of a wish-based concept and into a hope-based concept so you can do life in a bolder version. Does that make some sense? It's because the reality is is there's a bolder version of you. Right now, you already have it. It's not something you have to try to go get. It's not something you have to try to, to earn. It's not something that you have to go work up enough to be able to have, happen you already within you right now in this moment, sitting on these blue pews, listening to this bald guy talk to you, literally have an, a bolder version within you at this moment. Wow. But you have to understand how to access it and live it. Right. And I, well, I felt this in worship, and this just gives me a good spot to say it, is that uh, what I sensed in my spirit while we were singing together is that gateway fellowship actually has a bolder version of itself. This congregation has a bolder version to yet step into. There's a bolder place for you to move, for you to access, for you to orient yourself to. There's a bolder version for this congregation to step into, believe, embrace, and activate because this isn't about a decline. This is about advancement. Can I hear a better amen? Let somebody say whoop, whoop. (laughs) See, we just don't have to say amen. We can do something different, right? Nobody said you had to say amen. You can say "Well, I mean, there's, there's no... But there is a bolder version of Gateway Fellowship and the heartbeat of Father is saying, when do you want to step into that? When The heartbeat of Father is saying, when do you want to advance into that? When do you want to dream about what that is? What do you want to, as a community, what do you want to step up and actually be known for to contribute into the earth, contribute into history? What's going to be the stamp, the footprint? What's going to be the mark left by those that are sitting in this room, both individually and collectively as a fellowship? There's a bolder version of you that's unwilling to just sit down and die because it's already designed. It's already there. It's the reality of what you have. I call it present reality thinking. Present reality thinking is the embrace of what is instead of living from the scarcity and lack mindset that you don't have, and you're going to have to figure out how to get to. It's actually actually rooted in the temple system construct of having the idea that man is positioned outside trying to do enough to get themselves on the inside. And Jesus is the revelation that you're not on the outside trying to get in. You are actually already on the inside so you can allow that to flow out. That is the design that we see from Genesis where the garden of Eden, which was a part of the territory called Eden had four rivers flowing through it because the passion and the little design of the Creator is that which is within is to flow out. But when we live from the dynamics that we're on the outside trying to flow in, you actually are you are actually running cross current to the design of the very DNA of who you are. So what's already in you is designed to flow out of you, but you're convinced you don't have enough. So you got to go figure out a way to get it. And so you constantly live from a place of lack and you constantly live from a place of scarcity and a whole lot of Christianity wants to uh, uh, reaffirm that and endorse that, that you're lacking in some way and you need something else when the reality is, is that Scripture's already told us that you have all things that pertain to life and godliness is already yours. So what are you doing with it? What am I doing with it? What are we doing with it? It's already yours. All things to life and godliness, and the term godliness isn't about how, quote, morally perfect you can do things. You've already been given, God is a creator, so you've already been given all things to live in the capacity to a full expressive of life and creativity. It's already in you. But the deception and the concept that most of us live from is I'm not enough. It'll never work. I've never been able to get it done. someone else already has done it, I'm going to be the one that's left out. We live from those postures and those mindsets so much so that we never actually step up into what is already ours and begin to materialize it and and display it in every area of our life. We keep shrinking back instead of stepping forward. So we live the weaker version of ourself instead of the bolder version. And it's time uh, today the heartbeat of fathers trying to announce into your life and announce into this congregation there's a bolder version of you and this isn't the moment to go weak, it's the moment to go bold. It's a moment to step forward. You want more finances? Go create them. You want out of debt? Go get it done. You want a better shape in your body? Go make it happen. You want a better marriage? You want greater, deeper connection? Then go get it done. If you want to live in a more alive state with more inner peace and inner health, then go get it done. The only thing that's stopping you is you. And until we step into the responsibility of taking ownership for our situation, we are literally giving our power away to every other excuse that we lay out there. And we live something less than we are designed for and then complain about it like it's somebody else's fault when it's actually all in your hands. The kingdom of God is already within you. But but we want to keep living as is somewhere else and in some other situation. And we're working our way to it when in the reality is that we should be working our way from it. We're to live from success rather than chasing it. So my iLife program that I've developed is almost 20 weeks worth of personal development that leads you into the understanding of how to live from success instead of chasing it so that you live in the bolder version of who you are and experience the fullness of life that God's always intended for you. But most people won't even step into something like that because you don't even feel that you're worth it. And you've given up on your dreams, and you've given up on your future because it didn't work last time, so it won't work this time. And we start contemplating how to settle and just survive instead of putting our heart on a line and setting our intentions, our focus, and our goal to all that with God has already put within us and go figure out how to get this displayed in such a way that it honors God and it benefits people. And we start just settling and figuring out how do we just make it today today. Don't we? Am I right about it? I'm only talking this way because it's what I have to talk to myself like. I'm only sharing the stuff that I've had to work through and live through in my own life. I only are able to communicate these things not because I read them out of someone else's book, but because I write my own, because I find myself uh, figuring out what is it that's been blocking me, and I begin to find my way of how to live through it. And all I can offer you is what I've gained and what I've experienced. So, my new book that's just in the first round of of editing process is called Shut the Hell Up and Live Bold. I can't wait for this one. Literally because hell is the deception that you live. And if you want to quit experiencing hell in your life, you have to get out of the deception that's killing you. So if you want to live a bold life instead of a weak life, you're going to have to shut the hell up that's playing around in your mind constantly all day, every day, that's got you trapped, it has got you bound, and is leaving you in a weaker place instead of a stronger place. So look out, here it comes. The reality is, is you've got a whole lot more to live than what you're living. The reality is this gateway has a whole lot more for its future than it's been in its past. Okay, no amens. So let me help you for a minute. let me help all of us for a minute that if we want to begin to live in the bolder version of who we are and we want to step into all that's available to us, and if we actually really want to live in a place where we shut the hell up and begin to live the experience and the, and the passion, and the heartbeat the father has always had for us, we're going to have to really consider what it is that's going on in our mind. What are the thoughts that we're living in? Because your thoughts that you think over and over and over again actually become your belief system and your belief system is what shapes your life. So if you want to, if you look in your life and you're not, and your life isn't the way that you want it to be in all the ways that you want it to be, there might be some areas of your life that are the way that you want them to be, but there could be a whole lot of areas that you want to see go forward, uh, from where it is. And you're going to have to examine and get very intentional at discovering what the thought life and the thought patterns that are happening in your mind because what you are thinking about either consciously, and here's the tough deal, guys or subconsciously are creating the beliefs in which you're living from that actually shape your life in every area. Are you aware that your subconscious thoughts could actually be playing out in your life in a way that's self-sabotaging everything that you're doing? That you are literally creating the hell that you're experiencing and you want to blame it on everything else. But we all have to do the work of discovering what's going on in the subconscious because the subconscious can't heal the subconscious. Only the conscious mind can heal the subconscious mind. So you have to get it out of subconscious into conscious. That's why we're told so clearly by the Apostle Paul that, it, that we are transformed, what? By the renewing of our, our mind. Do you think that's something else besides your thinking? You are literally transformed by the renewing or the rewiring or the renovation of your thinking. So all of us are those who have to understand why scripture says in Proverbs 24, 7, or 24, 23, 7, that as a person thinks, so are They let me make it more personal. As you think, so are you. That's right. As I think, so am I. I don't know that we've been willing to embrace the level of responsibility and the actual level of power that God has made us with. That's right. wow. There's something within us as humans that kind of really would rather not have that kind of responsibility. We really rather just push it over there, to which most of us do. And so we don't actually live in the power of what we are created with, because we actually deny the responsibility that God's given us, which is the power and the reality of your mind is what shapes your life. Can I be bold enough to say to you, you can pray all the time and never change your thinking and you will not see what the results that you want from your prayers? Yes. That's right. yes. Most of the answers that you're praying about are answered by the renewing of your mind. That's right. Most of the crisis in your life will go away if you develop your thinking into a better thinking pattern. I mean, it's tough at times to really understand this. And what I'm trying to say to us is, is that we, we keep spinning our wheels, praying over things and never, quote, seeing an answer to them because we never do anything to fix what's going on up here. And I would like to care about you and love you enough to say, if you stop spinning your wheels over here and actually apply what will change your situation, you could see the situation change. But we just don't want that responsibility. So we make it about the God, or we, as Tim said earlier, we make it about God or we make it about the devil. Apparently that wasn't God's will for me or apparently the devil's attacking my life and all the while it's just that you're thinking is creating a world for you that's hellish. Yes. Ooh. Oh so you have to decide what you're going to do with this information. You're, you have to decide with what scripture tells you that as you think, so you are. And the fact that Paul said that you're transformed or changed is actually a better word is transfigured. We are transfigured by the renewing of our mind. That means we're not trying to become a better caterpillar. We're becoming a butterfly. A butterfly and a caterpillar aren't the same thing. It's been transfigured. We're not looking for just to polish your life up. We're talking about entirely transfigured, transformed situation happens in your existence by the renewing or the rewiring or the refurbing of your mind, your thinking. So let me help you with a few practical things because let me act like I'm Morpheus from the Matrix movie this morning and ask or present to you that you can either live from blue thoughts or you can live from red thoughts. Those are acronyms. I didn't. Uh, I didn't create the acronym for the blue thoughts. I did create the acronym for the red thoughts. But let me give you the blue thoughts that the majority of us continue to struggle to live with and live from. And number one, uh, with the B for blue, is that we live in a world of blaming ourselves. While it's important to take responsibility for your part, excessive self-blame is not productive. And how many of you live in a place and live in a world where everything it comes across in your mind is your fault? Here's a good way to analyze that. How many times do you say sorry in a day? Have you ever even thought about that? I mean, I could knock this off of here and you'd say Sorry. How many of you can recognize that you say sorry about everything? Where's my wife's hand? Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Everything is sorry because you've internalized everything as your fault excessive blaming. It's the end of the world. You make Even when you do make a mistake or when you do have a situation that doesn't go so well in your life, the reality becomes you cannot get past the fact that you are stuck in blaming yourself, which leads to what? Regret that's tied to shame because you're locked into a sense of guilt. And that constant over self-blaming is a a trap and a control within your mind that leaves you living in a less situation that you're made for. It's like when you're looking out and it's constantly, how many of you say things like this? Well, I've ruined everything now. Well, it's all my fault. We live from that place is a constant control that's happening in our lives. Number two, L, when you look at the word blue, this is a pretty, t- this is a pretty challenging one, is that we're always looking for bad news. I'm mean, like, you could have a hundred things go well for you in the day, but you have one thing that doesn't work out and all you can see for the whole day is that one thing that didn't go right. Am I right about it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole day's blown out. Yeah. I've got to kind of put my hand in the air with that one. Yeah. I mean, forget all the other hundred things that went went Amazing. You, that one thing, that one situation, it didn't work out. In matter of fact, it becomes so dominant, you end up even missing out on all the other things that were enjoyable about your day because you can't get beyond this one moment that didn't work out. And all you're doing is constantly looking at how bad everything is. It turns into everything's bad. I can't ever have anything go my way. That sounds pretty true, doesn't it? Well... I only have you pegged because it's the reality that we're all dealing with. We live, for, we we tend to live from the situation that we're always looking for the bad. Can I give you a little hint? Because we want to protect ourselves from it. Yes, that's what it is. And so, if you protect yourself from it, and you tell yourself everything is going bad, then you won't feel the shock of when something bad happens. It's actually the dominance of anxiety. Anxiety is trusting fear. It's what I wrote about in Hope Equals Bold. There's there's 10 chapters in Hope Equals Bold, and two of them are on trust. So 20% of my book is dealing with trust because nobody has trust issues. Nobody. Nobody anywhere has trust issues. You might have misplaced trust because hope is trusting love while anxiety is trusting fear. You don't have trust issues. You just have your trust in the wrong place. Anxiety is the constant expectation of things to go bad. Anxiety is the constant embrace of the floor or the rug being yanked out from underneath of you. And so, because you don't want to experience the negative and the unpleasant feeling of that, you live braced and you live embracing yourself for it because you are anticipating things going wrong. And when we live in anticipation for something, what happens? that happens what you here if you can get this this, will, this radically will change your life if you just grab this what you focus on you'll have more of where your focus is is what you'll have more of in your life so okay how much time do you spend trying how much time do you spend focusing on fixing your problems so guess why you keep having more problems What you focus on, you'll have more of. Anxiety, if anxiety is a situation, your focus is on what's not going to go well. That's why the reality of living from hope is the key uh, to living in freedom because you actually set your focus on what you have while anxiety is focused on what you don't have. So blue thoughts, you, boy, this is another challenging Man. Number three, you is unhappy guessing. Even though you have no idea what will happen tomorrow, you start predicting doom and gloom. Whether you imagine that you're going to embarrass yourself or something's not going to go right, it all starts becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because you are unhappy guessing. You're actually become the most negative prophet of all times. You are prophesying the hell in your life. You're living from unhappy guessing constantly. Tomorrow is Monday, right? How many wake up tomorrow? How many go to bed tonight going, oh, God, it's Monday? (laughs) Oh, oh, I hate Monday. Mondays are miserable. Mondays are just the worst. And oh, wait, this is not only Monday. This is Monday of when school starts. Oh, oh, my God, school. We got to do this again. Oh, it's just miserable. Monday mornings are the worst. I need three cups of coffee on Monday because we try to make it sound sweet and funny, but you really just keep reproducing your unhappy guessing because you believe Monday's going to be bad. How many of you have bad Mondays? And then you go to the water cooler and everybody's like, does Mondays just, aren't they just horrible? And so now we literally, in America, we have an entire culture that downplay Monday. Every Monday, and wonder why everybody has bad Mondays, we're creating the hell we're living in. Amen. And so the reality is, is, why does Monday have to be bad? It's only bad because you said it is. Monday's only bad because you said it is. So if you don't want to have a bad Monday, won't you say something different about Monday? I never have enough money. Oh man, it's the end of the month again, I guess I'm not going to, we probably won't be able to meet the bills again this month. Oh, okay, guess what you're going to have more of? More of not being able to meet your bills. We're creating our own world, but we just keep making it someone else is doing it to us. Unhappy guessing blue thoughts constantly keep you trapped in the place that you are actually always creating the self-fulfilling prophecy by guessing that things won't work for you. Number, uh, number four, whatever uh, for the E, is exaggerated negativity. You tell yourself that the entire thing's a mess. It always goes wrong. You ever you hear those all-inclusive words? Everybody, every time, always and you just keep re, I always like this idea of this picture. You just keep tightening the clamp down on your thinking that everything's going wrong for you. It never works out for you. It always happens for someone else, but it'll never happen for me. I'm always going to be like this. Things are never going to change. Just keep tightening it and tightening it and tightening it and wonder why you constantly live in a state of tension with the gut feeling nauseated in your stomach all the time or your neck clenched tight where you can barely talk or breathe or the heaviness in your chest that feels like you can't breathe very very well, or the headache that 's happening in your head because of how much is sitting on your shoulders, wherever it is your body carries all the negative tension is showing you all the time that you're constantly living from exaggerated negativity. Amen. we run to the doctors and we find more chemicals to put in our body to relieve ourselves from it in some way when all the time it's what you're doing right here. Yes. That nauseated feeling in your stomach most of the time is not because you ate something bad, it's because you think something bad. The tightness in your chest that has your blood pressure high. I'll leave all that alone, that's for another day. (laughs) So you can either live from blue thoughts... Or you can live from red thoughts. Red thoughts has your mind centered and your thinking centered on R, which is revolutionizing thoughts. How many revolutionizing thoughts are you having today? How many revolutionizing thoughts are you gonna have on Monday? How many revolutionizing thoughts are you having about your marriage, your family, your children, your grandchildren? How many revolutionizing thoughts are you having with your finances, your career, your potential, the next two decades of your life because uh, you're gonna be around. And what, what kind of revolutionizing thoughts are you having? What revolutionary thoughts are dominating your thought process all the time? How much are you living from the place of power that you can change your situation instead of the place of weakness that's just always going to be like this? It's real life, right? Real life. Because this is, this is what we have to figure out how to deal with. This is how we demystify the kingdom and make it livable. Because the glory of God is not a cloud hovering uh, around in a room, although that's cool. That's fine. If there's gold dust falling, I'll take some. Thank you. But the reality is, is the glory of God is not floating around in some kind of atmosphere. The glory of God is actualized potential. Wow. Right. Yes. How much glory is sitting inside of you that you've not yet actualized? Your personal life in this body as a corporate uh, fellowship has the opportunity to reveal and release the glory of God. And that happens by you, me, you taking the potential that's within you and actualizing it and bringing it into fruition. How much potential is sitting inside of you right now that's never even been tapped into? That's how much glory of God, as I said at the beginning, is already there. That's why scripture says that the earth is full of the glory of God. The potential is already there. Do you know all of Eden was not a garden? Only the garden was. And the assignment on humanity was to take what was encountered in the garden atmosphere and go out into the barren desert-like territory of the rest of Eden and make the rest of Eden a garden. That's what's on your life. That's who you are. What's the barren areas that you're to be gardenizing? But you don't think you have any potential to get it done. You think it's up to somebody else. You think that you're never enough. You don't have enough. I can barely even do good enough as a wife or a mom, let alone go change the world. I can't, I can't even get my house clean and the laundry put away. What do you mean you want me to do what? Right? That's real life. I had to hurry up and put stacks of laundry away before I came on vacation. They've been sitting there a while. Red thoughts, are is revolutionizing. What kind of revolutionizing thoughts is what's dominating your thinking? Or how, or how much do you surrender to living underneath blue thoughts instead of living over with red thoughts? Because you're actually already seated in heavenly places. I don't mean planet heaven. There's no such thing. I mean in the elevated places. You are already above and not beneath. You're actually already the head and not the you actually, you actually at any moment that you allow yourself to come into the awareness of the fact that you are already soaring on eagles wings. Whenever you want to let your awareness come to it, you're already there. It's present reality thinking. So E, then is simply that. How many elevated thoughts are you thinking? revolutionizing thoughts and elevated thoughts how many thoughts is going on inside your mind inside your home inside your conversations inside your journaling inside your prayer life that is elevating thoughts that has you in the reality of where you actually already are as the champion as the victor as the winner as the one who's ahead as the one who's a, 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 has creative ideas and is advancing the one who is entrepreneurial and innovative how many in this room actually are seeing yourself as the ones providing The solutions instead of being dominated by the problems. There's solutions all in this room, but none of us are elevating our thinking to the place to be able to access those solutions and then materialize them. In other words, actualize the potential, in other words, unlock the glory of God. D, red thoughts are determined thoughts how determined is your thinking? Or does it take one little hangnail and the whole thing's down the tube? Or does it take just one little moment that didn't work out the way you wanted it to, and whoop, there it goes down the tubes. Because then we fall right back into blue thinking instead of staying in our determined red thinking and say, all right, bring it on. Any Rocky IV fans in here? Because I'm a Rocky IV. I'm a Rocky movie series fan. And he's in there getting pounded by Drago. And he's standing in the middle of the ring. And Rocky starts saying, so, come on, what? Is that all you got? Is that all you got? Bring How many of us are living in a way of life like, come on, what, is that all you got? Bring this thing because I'm the one, I'm just wearing you down. I'm bringing the game. I'm owning this thing. I'm living the life that I'm after. You're not going to stop me. Neither is any situation because I'm living in the determined thoughts of the reality of who I am as a son and a daughter that's in an elevated, seated place that's living revolutionizing thoughts because I'm not going to live less than what he's designed me to be. So I'm living the bolder version of who I am. Because hope equals bold and I'm the one who's going to live it. Anybody else want to watch? Anybody else want to go? Because the reality is, is you're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to make some serious choices in how you're going to do your life from this, mo- the, from this morning forward. Because the reality is, is you can't unhear what I just told you. So the level of responsibility in this room just went whoop. His father just, whoop, he just brought you to another place. Yes, he did. And you can walk out of this room this morning denying it and pushing it away and saying, never mind, it's totally your choice. Totally. And God's never going to be mad at you for it. He's not ever going to look at you and be like, oh, all right then. Just keep living those blue thoughts. What he's saying to you is, is come on, there's red thoughts you can actually be living in. Come on, you got this. There's a bolder version. Come on, reach out for some help. Come on, let somebody know what's going on behind the curtain in your life. Come on, reach out to somebody because you need to let out of you the trauma that's going on the inside of you. Come on, let someone else know the anxiety that's dominating you all the time. Come on, don't stay over there and suffer by yourself. You don't have to hide behind the bushes. You can hear Father saying, Adam, Eve, where are you? Come on out here in the light where it can be known or where it can be seen because you have nothing to hide from. You have no need to be in shame because you are not less than. You are actually already more than. And this morning is a heart opportunity as a heartbeat of Father saying to you. Come on and sit around the table. Don't keep wallowing in that pig pen because you don't have to. That's not who you are. And that's not what your life has to be. Anxiety doesn't have to be your daily experience. I can say that because I live without anxiety now after multiple, multiple years worth of having to figure out how I was going to get out of the bed and off the side of my bed to even take the first step for my day because I was so controlled over the fear that something was going to fall apart in that day and something would be lost and something would be broken and something would go away. I would live and not even, I even started stuttering for a time because I couldn't, my mind wouldn't even let the words out of my mouth because I was too afraid that somehow that word was going to mess everything up because I live these blue thoughts constantly dominating and controlling my thinking until the revelation of the present reality of hope snapped through those situations and I began to do the intentional daily work of of self-development that's brought me into the reality of living in the healthiness of the sozo that Jesus' light has brought into my life so I no longer live in the dominance of being controlled by that which I feared was going to go wrong. I live in the revolutionary, elevating, and determined place of living out of what is right in my life and what's going well in my life and the goodness that's flowing towards me right now in this moment. You guys might not be able to see it, but I see it. There is so much goodness flowing towards my life right now and I live my life wide open to it without any fear of what might not work because I have the unconditional assurance father's goodness prevails and that's what's available to every one of us I'm not it's not just me it's all of us can you hear that so I don't know exactly everything that's going on in your life I don't know, I obviously don't know the details, but I would like to say to you this morning that if you recognize that what Father's communicating today really applies to your situation, really applies to your experience, and you recognize that, holy smokes, my thoughts are really dominated in the wrong direction. Whoa. I just, it's literally like we almost like don't even know it. And we have these moments where it's like, boom, there it is. And you recognize you need some places, you need some situations of your life to be different, which means you need some scenarios of your thought life and your belief system to move in a different direction. I love to invite anyone to make it available. It's totally up to you, of course, but I love to make myself available to you with my iLife program. If you feel like that would be something that could benefit your life, you're welcome to reach out to me. The people's lives that are being changed, by the ongoing input of reshaping your thinking and what I was talking about today is crazy. It's still even mind-blowing to me at times. But more so than that, right now in this moment, you have the opportunity to walk out of this room saying to yourself, at least I'm open to discovering new thought patterns for my life. I'm open to becoming oriented to red thoughts, Instead of oriented to blue thoughts. If that's you, you know you're just at least open to that this morning. Would you stand up? I want to pray for you. Just stand up where you are. <clears throat> I may have went long. I don't even know when I was supposed to stop. But thanks for this morning. Thanks for the opportunity to communicate and share some things. Trust it's a value. So all of us standing in here this morning are in the spot of saying, you know what? I'm, I'm opening my life and opening my mind and opening my heart in this moment to become someone that's going to be very aware of how much anxiety, fear, and negativity dominate my thought life. And you're going to reorient yourself on a daily, daily intentional focus to move your thoughts into red thoughts. Most of you in this room will need help doing that. Most of you in this room will need some way to know what to go to as a resource or sources of help to to empower you, to enable you to be able to do that. So find that, Google it, do something, get with Pastor Tim, get with me, something that you're determined enough that you're not going to keep living the way you've been living because it's time to move into the bolder version of who you are. So, God, thank you for those of all of us that are in this room in this moment, and those of us that are saying, you know what, blue thoughts are away in my past. That doesn't mean tomorrow morning that there's just not going to be those thoughts there. But the reality is, is that tomorrow morning or later today or as soon as you go to lunch, those thoughts, those wirings that are there that are going to try to keep firing in your mind, you're going to be able to be self-aware and arrest them in a way that says, I'm in a dominant place right now, not in a surrender, not in a uh, being dominated place. And so I say over those that right now in this moment are responding to the heart of father to say, I am going for the bolder version of who I am. I'm going after the potential that's within me. I'm going to go actualize that which God has put within me so that I might be a conduit of the glory of God being manifested and revealed in the earth. And so God, even for this whole house, for Gateway Fellowship together, I say to this family, you have a bolder version yet to step into. You have a bolder version to move into. You have more potential to actualize you have you there is greatness that's not yet been tapped into for the effect of this community and even beyond this community into the broader places of the earth and I say into this house this isn't about trying to get past what's been it's about stepping into what's available now and so I say over you be released from trying to fix what's been and be released into being able to live and materialize that which is that which is uh, that which can be. So, God, I say over Tim and Carrie, I say, God, that fresh revelation that's based on potential instead of based on what's been. I say over them, God, uh, gratitude and thanksgiving for what has been up until this point. But this has not even been but a scrape of the surface, if you will, of the potential that's sitting here. And God, I say over Tim and Carrie, this is your moment to be elevated into another place of revelation, another place of insight, another place of activation to step into the bolder version of who you are as a family, the bolder version of who you are as a couple, the bolder version of who you are as parents, the bolder version of who you are as leaders. And I say to you, this is your time to step into that place of leadership, that place that you've always been like, yes, I want to live dominating like a leader, as a leader like this, not controlling on me that way, but I mean winning and crushing it as a leader in this kind of way. This your moment, the father, uh, his heart is saying that this is what's available to you. So step into it in a bolder version, in a bolder way and go at it the way you've always wanted to go at it because it's the way you've been designed to do it. And I release you and I send you into that in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to live more of who we actually already are. God, we take our cue from Jesus. We take our understanding from Jesus and we say, we will live as the invisible or as the visible representation of the invisible God in the earth and God we say we will live the bolder version of who we are because hope is here and boldness is a result in Jesus name if you agree say good amen. amen amen thanks guys awesome